p.m. Every Sunday, town's always about the culture. Do out in sculpture, recording every Friday. So here it our way, no need to catch a flight away. Stay tuned for our take. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 117. Stephen had to correct me earlier. 117 of After Dinner Conversations. Um, thank you all for coming back again this week. Um, before we get started, make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment wherever you stream this podcast. We are on all streaming platforms. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram as well, at ADCombos on Instagram, at ADCombos. So, before we get started, let's go around. We do our check-in every week. How's everybody doing? I'm doing really good, man. I've been um had a good weekend. Uh had to celebrate one of my good friends uh moving away uh pretty soon. Had a nice little event for him. Had a lot of great people over. Um just enjoy and celebrate life and you know, people we've been through some good times with. So I had a good weekend for sure. So I'm feeling um rejuvenated from that right now. Dope, dope. For sure, for sure. I'm doing good. Uh, my sisters are in town, so I've been taking them around, getting drunk every day. We just came from brunch. So bottomless mimosas is running through my veins. So we're going to see how this pod is going to go. Uh, but other than that, you know, UConn is in the championship game. Um, I'm getting ready to talk shit all week. Um, hopefully they do not disappoint me on Monday, but I am. I, I, I ordered two new uh, UConn sweatshirts pullovers that I can wear to work with a little uh, collared shirt. I'm ready to go. So they better pray we lose because I have my hats ready. I have my quarter zips ready. I'm going to be at work. And I won all the bracket pools at work because I'm the only one who chose UConn to win it all. So money's coming in. Everything's fantastic. So I cannot complain right now. Everything's good. Look, Steven having a good week. So Steven should be ready to pod. Mike and Steven should be ready to pod. <laughs> um, there's no excuses today. I'm screaming. How you living? Um, I'm doing good. Uh, I think April, one month from graduation. So it's definitely mm. sort of um full focus you know for that last push so to speak to make sure that I can you know finish strong so that's probably where most of my time and most of my head is at but also trying to start planning some fun stuff um to celebrate graduation in, in June so super excited about some of that stuff that's coming um that I'm planning so trying to balance it out by planning that stuff so I'm not solely focused on getting these papers done over the next couple of weeks so trying to find a good balance there um but yeah so everybody sounds like they're ready to pod today so let's get right into it uh with cocktail hour and see what's going on so i think we we say this we've said this i feel like at least a handful of times already in 2023 yep. um which is extremely unfortunate but you know we do have to take the time to acknowledge the uh nashville tennessee shooting um that Killed six, including three nine-year-old children. And so I think, you know, you hate to see it. And I think especially when it is uh, younger children, younger individuals involved in these in these shootings. And so I think, you know, again, with everything that's going on, prayers to those families, to all those, you know, folks affected in that community, definitely. But I think for this question, you know, trying to see as elections are coming up, things are starting, Will gun control, given all that's happened within, you know, the past year, find its way sort of onto the ballot, for lack of a better term, or at least in the conversation in a way that we haven't seen in the past few years with, I would say, the rise in in gun violence uh, in recent years? I don't think so. Um, I think 
that conversation only arises in states that are swing states where it might be a issue that can sway it towards a certain particular certain particular political party um and that's not to say anything about nashville because i think what happened there is tragic but you know nashville is a republican state i don't think they're going to actually change any of the gun laws in in Tennessee and in any regards, you know, I'm not that far from there. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't think people, I don't think that's even been a conversation point from a state level for them. I think it's just an acknowledgement of a tragic event. So I don't think they're going to give it that much attention. And then in turn, you know, the people running for president in 2024 are going to match the energy and not do it. So I think a lot of the times when that conversation happens, it happens from a Democratic standpoint, right? Um, I don't think it happens from a Republican standpoint. So unless somebody's leading that conversation from the Democrats in Tennessee, I just don't, don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, brief for me too. Um, tragic thing that happened in Tennessee. Saw a lot of um, parents, uh, citizens, uh, students that were went to the Tennessee State Capitol. I think a few days after the tragic event happened, and they were protesting, you know, and advocating for gun control policies um but yeah i don't think it'll be a factor any electorate um like we said right wing it's all about second amendment to them so uh if we've seen you know sad to say but we've seen a lot of children die over the last 10 years yeah. high school middle school elementary school we've seen teachers getting shot in virginia it's not it's not it's not going to move them like the death of children just doesn't move these voters towards gun control um and it's just the reality we're in so and i don't think it wasn't really a big topic in 2020 because, you know, the whole Trump-Biden thing. Uh, I don't think it was going to be a big deal for the next one. I don't, I don't even think, you know, bro, I haven't seen anything. It's only been like a week as we're recording this since uh, the Tennessee shooting happened, but I haven't seen anything from Biden really that's Facts. policy. He did that one one press conference, right, when, over yeah. there or something like that. Yeah. That's about it. You know, Obama, he was he was strongly, he was trying for like this whole, both his terms to get something pushed. We you know he had a Republican Congress at the time, but yeah, it seemed like it might be a lost cause at this point, honestly. Not to say we should stop fighting or stop the advocacy or people who are fighting for or not or wasting their time or anything, but everyone's, you know, just that, that momentum, the political will, I'm just not seeing it right now. But what do you think it's what do you think it's gonna take? You know, obviously it's like we said, it's not children, you know, it's not, you know, college campuses, it's not what what is it going to take? If anything, right? Or is it? Are we sort of just saying that while we keep fighting, it's likely, it's unlikely that folks' opinions and mindset will change around the issue? I think it's been more than enough time for folks' opinions to change. So they haven't changed now. I think that's a greater issue. Mm. Um, I'm a firm believer that you know sometimes at some point the education needs to go towards the younger generation, and we just gotta let the older generation be what it is because I don't think you're gonna change their mind. So. We've been dealing with gun violence in school since, what, Columbine, which has been almost 25 years, give or take. Um, and then obviously probably the, arguably the most tragic and horrific one being Sandy Hook in 2012. And so we're t almost, we're 10 years, if not 11, removed from Sandy Hook. Minimum changes from a federal level. Obviously, I think Connecticut did a lot to change that once Sandy Hook happened. You know, that's cool for Connecticut and God bless them for that. But you know, it didn't move on a national level. And if you know anything about politics, the NRA has their hands in a lot of people's pockets, um, like Democratic and Republican. We can't even say it's one specific. So I don't know. I don't want to be a pessimist, but I, th I just don't see it changing. And I think you have to place education and responsibilities on teaching the what, what generations after Gen Z 
Uh, we talked about this. I think I think it's Alpha. Alpha mm-hmm. Generation or the Comeback Generation. I don't know. Whatever the name of these kids are. Like, the education for them in terms of doing these things have to happen now. Otherwise, we're going to repeat the same cycle. And it's hard because when you educate uh, somebody who's younger you're, you're and you're teaching them something different than probably what the parents are teaching her, at this mm-hmm. point, you're, you're praying that, you know, the knowledge that you're bestowing upon them is something that overrules what their parents see or it makes more sense to them. Because a lot of these things like, hey, you know, you got to be teaching them in school seven days a week, but the parents got them on weekends. They got them at family in the summers and family gatherings and stuff like that. So it's very tough. It's very tough. But I, I don't, just don't see anything in this world that'll make me change my mind that this is change is going to come in that regard. So. I won't say probably. If it wouldn't happen, um, it would need like like Democrats to like have a lot of political um majority in like Congress or something. Because they're the only ones who are like, you know, they're the only ones who would have the will to pass any type of legislation like that. And yeah. then you have to have no type of uh right wing or Republican impediment on that process. Not no split vote, not no fifty fifty, you gotta call up Joe Manchin and send it on. None of that. Like you gotta be majority, you know, get it through Congress, get it through Senate, you know. I mean Senate. get it through the house get it through senate and you know get it to uh democratic president's desk and then some way it can happen but outside of that i mean you see how difficult that is on the federal level state level if you already have a republican majority i don't know man they're they're doing you know they're moving towards you don't need a permit at all to go get a handgun or any type of gun you know constitutional mm-hmm. carries what they call it so yeah they're moving in a more radical direction you know it's it is hard to see like the kind of it manifesting uh in anything some quite I got to say in the near future, but one thing I'd say that's different is the Uvalde shooting where it's very, it's very notable and recorded that the police were afraid of the AR-15. Yeah. They weren't afraid of the man shoot. They were afraid of the gun that that shooter had. Um, and in that, in that school shooting. Um, and so that might make some changes as far as assault rifles and assault weapons being, you know, access mm-hmm. to the public, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank y'all for y'all for y'all thoughts there. Um, changing gears a little bit. Well, changing gears, a uh, pretty big change of gears here. But um, I don't know if you all have heard about the 19-year-old college student recently arrested for credit card scams worth more than five hundred thousand dollars. So when I when I heard the story. I was shocked really at the amount, I think. Obviously, I think we know, you know, credit card scams are happening, which is unfortunate, but I think it was the amount that really stood out. And, you know, looking at some of the transactions, it looks like around 35,000 for a Tesla, uh, more than 20,000 for a hotel in Maui and 5,000 on Louis Vuitton. So as a part of that 500,000, that looks like, you know, what some of the purchases were. So just wanted to get your your thoughts on this, um, just credit card safety in general, but also, you know, the purchases that are made. So it's not like we're saying, hey, this is going to tuition, which I don't think would make it that much better, but just overall wanting to get your, your thoughts on what's going on there. Man, scammers are going to scam. Oh, it's unfortunate. Well, that is the reality we live in. Uh, but now, all jokes aside, I man, I seen the clip. I don't. I just seen the clip of her. I think, but either the mugshot or her in the back of the cop car. It's one of those two pictures. I think I saw, and I was like, "Damn, that's tough." But I mean, I'm not. I think credit card scams are very amateur level scamming. And if you look at a lot of people who do credit card scams, they're usually like teenagers or like young adults. Like 
anybody who's 50 doing credit card scams, like that's his own, like that's a lot going on. Like not to say you should be doing more complicated scams. I'm not advocating scamming here, but there's a level, I think clearly there's a difference between like the complications related to the credit card versus something else. But $500,000, right? Let's look, let's think about the amount for a second and realize like to run it up you you knew you're gonna get caught at some point at this point you just kind of you kept hitting and you just kept kind of going because i think people think that scammers are going to somehow take their five hundred thousand and invest it into tesla or like bitcoin or something and it's like for you to get to the mindset you want to scam you're not going to think about investing into the future you better go spend whatever you want to spend on you're going to go get a hotel in maui you're going to go buy a tesla or a porsche or something you're going to buy a bunch of stuff you want because i think there's no no statistics to back this up there's very few people who get away with this in the end right it, it catches up to you whether in two three four five seven ten years so it's like they say music all the time, spend it how you get it. You have it right now, and you're trying to sell it and invest, and you get caught anyway. It's kind of like, what was the point of me trying to be safe with it when I know in the end I was going to get caught up anyway? So uh, that's unfortunate. I hope, you know, she doesn't do too much time for this. And I, I hope, like, you know, she didn't spend all the money. She, if she, I think if she gives back a, a good chunk of the money, there's some probation or something that's going to be locked in or whatever. But, you know, 19-year-old kid, I hope, you know, her career or her life is not going to end because, you know, she now granted she ran up a big bill, but you know, I don't, I personally don't think she's done enough harm individually to people. Cause a lot of these things, the credit card companies write off or something like that, or if you're insured through your bank account, F FDIC covers you what $250,000 for that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, most of these people who lost money, they probably got their money back. I know we've talked about us calling bank of America and chase, but like, yeah, I don't know what that purchase is. Run it. Run, run that new card. I don't know who made that. So it's more the fact that maybe she took from the businesses than she took from actual, actual individuals. Hopefully I'm speculating, but we'll mm -hmm. see. Mike, any thoughts? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you good? Talked a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Soon the buzz start talking. Excuse me. No, nah, I mean, I mean, she's almost a prodigy for being so young and being able to scam that much. So Steven, Steven, Steven said it's base level, and you said she a prodigy. So no, I don't no, know. no, no, no. The <laughs> amount, the amount is not base level. The amount yeah, is half a mil. But wild. the type of scam is base level. Different. Got you. Okay. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think it's, you know she's a prodigy. I mean, I feel like she used her her intellect and her skills to be very practical in that sense. Now she might've ruined her collegiate career, other prospects, depending on how long her name's in the news. But, you know, like I said, hopefully them charges, she doesn't get, she gets our federal, you know, felonies and this and the third, but well, I'm saying hopefully, I mean, that's up there. I mean, you know, you do what you do and there's consequences for that. But like, at the same time, I just feel like, you know, hopefully she can make it to something that's more useful for herself. And, um, I know a lot of college students across the country are struggling for a lot of reasons, for a lot of different facets. Um, and so hopefully this doesn't encourage more behavior like that. But, you know, it's tough times for college students. So I'm not saying it's understandable, but, you know, the conditions dictate some action sometimes or the circumstances. So, yeah. What do you think, Corey? Um, 
I don't know what to think, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think when I heard it, I was... I think for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I was shocked a little bit, not acknowledging how much I'm the one, I'm probably the first one to say something's a scam. And so, because it's, it's really crazy. I'm literally like, no, I'm not on that, bro. That's a scam. And so I know that it's happening. But I think to to see it, I don't think, I don't know if we see one, this amount to Mike's point, but really just the consequences of it nowadays, right? I think we scamming for whatever reason has become so commonplace, which I hate to say, Yeah. but I don't know if we see the consequences that often. And so I think to see the punishment here, the, you know, the arrest here was, I think a bit newsworthy or noteworthy, but I think to both of your points, I hope this doesn't, I hope this is able to serve as a lesson as opposed to, you know, whoever the judge might be or whatever state this might be in trying to make a point. And mm -hmm. I think that's often the thin line that comes when there's a 19-year-old that does something that's not a violent crime. But I think a lot of times folks try to make an example of it. Hey, again, to my earlier point, we don't see the consequences of scamming, scamming happening. Let's make it this young woman an example so that we can prevent this in the future as opposed to allowing this young woman to learn a lesson, you know, repay what she can uh, to Steven's earlier point and have her get on with her life um, and find ways to, to make yeah, money. Yeah. I think to, to Mike's point, she used her intellect, you know, unfortunately in a negative way here, but I think that proves that there is potentially a business mind or there is, you know, some innovation mm -hmm. there that can be used if turned around in a different direction. So I think, again, it was a little shocking to see the consequence, but I think with understanding that we don't always see the consequence, at least not visibly, outwardly, that I hope they're not trying to use this to make an example, because I think this was, while a large mistake, um, when especially when it comes to dollar value and the purchases that were made, a mistake of a young person um, that I hope is, you know, doesn't stop the rest of, of, of their trajectory. So we will see what happens here. Um, but speaking of folks that are in the news lately, I want to talk about Bronny James, um, McDonald's All-American. Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, he was in the McDonald's All-American game not too long ago. Um, and I want to talk about, so as the 33rd ranked as of the beginning of 2023, I'm not sure if that's updated, but the 23rd, 33rd ranked high school recruit. He has he's the highest paid NIL player in high school, uh, estimated seven point two million. So just overall thoughts on the NIL deals and the way they're impacting, quote unquote, amateur sports. I don't know if you call, you know, these things amateur anymore because of NIL. But for lack of a better term, college, high school, AAU, uh, these amateur level sports, but also his connection to LeBron, obviously being LeBron's son and how that negatively or just in general impacts the folks that are higher than him on, you know, the national ranking, should they feel some type of way, you know, just, just thoughts on the situation. Yeah. Listen, if you're, uh, we talk about this in our fantasy chat. Sometimes there's some players that have name value and Bronny James has name value and he's also a good player. So I don't, that's to take nothing away from his skill set, but you know, the name, 
LeBron James Jr., even though he goes by Bronny for the most part, just carries with it, right? You know, whatever deals you get, not to say they're attached to LeBron, but, you know, LeBron's going to be involved in his kid, his son's life. I think that's been very evident over the last how many years he's been supporting his son and his AAU and college, I mean, high school and now going to college. So, you know, he's going to be going to whatever school he goes to. It might be USC, might be Ohio State. I don't think he's declared yet still, but you know LeBron James is going to be at courtside and have a couple of those games, right? You know the ESPN is going to be spanning to him. He's going to be reacting. He's very reactive to his son's high school game. So, I mean, that's just viewership right there. So whatever NIL do associated with Bronny in turn is going to be very, like, you're going to you're gonna get well profits from it because of how socially evolving it is. I don't know if he's on social media a lot. He's, like, what, almost a decade younger than us. I don't pay attention to kids younger than us <laughs> like that. But I'm assuming he has some type of, like, social media. He's interactive on there to some extent as well. So I think it's great. I'm very happy the players are – having the opportunity to market themselves and to earn money. If you ever had a job in high school, you know, you make, you don't make a lot of money um, mm -hmm. if you make any money at all. So I think it's very important since, you know, the Gatorades and the Nikes and the Adidas and the Pumas of the world are going to make millions of dollars when these kids are playing on ESPN for their high school hoops, classics or whatever that these folks can get deals. So I think it's good. I love it. You know, especially once we get to the college level, I love it even more. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, the only thing I think people sit on is, you know, the nepotism piece. They try to get on, you know, Bronny James because, you know, he's LeBron's son. They don't think he's that good. This, that, and the third. And obviously, I think he's a four-star recruit. He's not a five-star recruit. But I think he's still a very skilled player. And he's growing into his game. You know, he's getting taller and everything. So, I don't know. I just can't hate on the younger generation getting something that we didn't have that's like, extremely positive the way it is like i would have loved to see my friends get nil deals for hoops or baseball or football it's like what do i what what, what do i lose or what do i gain by saying nah they don't need money like are their parents paying for everything is the school paying for everything who's paying for the things that are going to make these kids better we don't know so now devil's advocate question here in addition to i think to what steven's saying now mm -hmm. how do we feel about nil deals particularly from a high school AAU level when it comes to, I think, challenges that we've had in the past as offering inner city kids other alternatives besides sports Yes, as their way to get out. Because I think, obviously, this even more so makes sports the attractive it. option. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, it's, it's very tough because – I I think the not the only thing I think the NIL deals and the sponsorships and stuff like that. What I feel like it might deteriorate or work against the players is people are going to feel like they need to ball out in a selfish way, like be selfish with the ball or things of that nature, so they can like reap the rewards of NIL. Deal. I think it, it takes away technically from the team basketball aspect. They're not geared towards that. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not sure if. I th this this is me personally, right? I think it's very important for mothers and fathers or guardians to implement that level of consciousness into their child when it comes to options of life 
and making sure they have alternative and backup plans. I can't put that on school. Uh, to the sec, put that on school. But I can't put that on NIL deals and the opportunity for kids to make money to say, hey, now we have way more kids who think they're going to make it to the league. Hey, you need to be able to influence your child, because that's your child, to say, hey, I know you love basketball. You need to do more besides basketball. You need to trade. You need to be very well in school. Like those type of like lessons of disciplines don't just come from nowhere. Right. And so when you interact with kids and you see like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, I'm going to be a basketball player. I know I'm going to be a basketball player. And they might be good, but are they great? Are they, if they're in high school, are they already being looked at as a top player in the state? Are they ranked top 100? Like these are, not to deteriorate anybody's dream, but you have to have realistic, realistic conversation with kids and say, hey, you can do this, but you need to be ready for this, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the things I saw growing up, and I still see it now, is a lot of kids have that arrogance of like, oh, I'm nice. Like, I know I'm nice. And then you start, and me and Mike saw this when we was volunteering at Capital Prep. Oh, you know, so you you know, you want the best uh, freshman in the state, right? You sophomore, you know, you top ranked, you're top, top 100 in Connecticut, right? Or you top 100 in the country. You're not falling in either one of those categories, and you about to tell me about playing the league. Why? How? How does that make sense? You know, I'm being honest. I told you, false hoop dreams. We're going to do that podcast at some point, but you need to be at a very early age. Because once you, if you try to start doing a high school, you might be too late. You need to, at an early age, give them the opportunity to play their sports and love and also give them the opportunity to learn other things through any means of education knowing like, Hey, I like basketball a lot. If I'm good enough to play basketball, I'll go do it. If not, I can do something else. And those are hard things. I'm saying them like they're easy. They're not easy, but the more time you wait to do those, the harder it is for that child to readjust their brain to say, I want to do something else. Right. And I don't want to always put that as, Oh, I like sports. So I want to go do sports business, sports management or sports business. Like, no, let them have that breath. Right. Get them away from their sports. Get them to something else necessarily and have that opportunity for them. Mm. Good points. Good points. Mike? Um, I don't have much to add after Preacher Sam. He got me. I'm screaming. <laughs> I told you Stephen was ready to pod today. <laughs> Listen, the mimosas are running through the, the blood, man. We started talking about Bronny. You know, look where you end up. <laughs> um, now I got much to add. Like Stephen said, Bronny is a million-dollar name. Seven mil, and he ain't even touched college yet. He even have to work if he want to. Like you know, he can go to go. I mean, he doesn't have to go to college. He can go to like a um, go to overtime. You can go to G League, go overseas. He can really you know make make a lot of money from where he was. I know he want to you know go college, you know follow his dad's footsteps stuff like that. But yeah, as far as the false hoop dreams, yeah, I mean I don't want to. I'm not disparaging the young men that we work with uh, personally, but just in general, it's a general statement. Um, I feel like sometimes a lot of our younger black boys and teens are kind of they I don't know where they get that type of arrogance from or just kind of overconfidence and or beliefs that you know they can their peers because even because even when we tell them the even when we try to share the statistics about it like you know really only like there's only like 400 NBA players and, and you know it's like one of the smallest leagues to, and it's one of the hardest leagues to actually get into um and now you're not only competing with domestic players you're competing with international players you're competing with you know all these different types of players who can get in who are you know drafts and stash this that, and the third. So it's just incredibly, incredibly difficult um, to really get to that level and improve that at your level. Not only have the skill set, but have the character, the mindset, you know, and even like, for example, look at everything we talked about with John Morant uh, a few weeks ago. Like, you know, he had everything in the world seemingly. And then like, you know, he was going through some stuff personally, he made some bad choices. And then he, now he his brand, which is similar to what we talked about with Bronny, you know, his brand got hurt. You know, he lost a pottery deal. 
get to clean up his act a lot of bit, you know, go to counseling, do apologies. He's been literally not in the media at all. I don't think he tweets anymore <laughs> ever since he came back. They got like, all know, his like, socials. Yeah, you know, he's just been keeping that straight line. Um, I really just see his stat line. I barely see him doing interviews, stuff like that. So, like, it just it goes into the whole thing. Like, requires so much to get to that level. Um, and Bronny, it's not like he hasn't had to work for where he is. He's, it doesn't become easy to get to, ha- to have the jump shot he has to, to be a McDonald's All-American. Um, you know, and people could say, hey, he was training in Lakers facilities. And maybe you're right, <laughs> you know. But same time, you got to put the sweat equity in. You got to put the work in type of thing. So, congrats to Bronny. And if you got the hoop dreams, just know what, what it takes to really get to that level. Yeah, and if we got any young folks um that are watching that have hoop dreams, go watch the documentary Hoop Dreams if you have not seen it. It came out in the late nineties, I, mean, I believe. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about something different. Yeah, there were two kids from uh Chicago, I believe it was Chicago. We talking they... about? Go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, what were you going? To... What were you thinking? It was what? I I'll think about Benji. From um Simeon, but that's not. Oh no! This this was these neither of these two players. I don't think panned out in any league. So they followed them from elementary school all the way through the beginning of their college careers, and so they were, I guess, high middle school prospects. One of them went out to follow Isaiah Thomas's high school, um, and then he ended up getting injured. Uh, William Gaines, I believe, and mm. Arthur Ag might be the other name. I think it was on HBO Max. Uh, recently but again if you haven't seen it check it out because I think it it was one of my favorite documentaries as somebody that loved basketball to see that it's not always the glitz and the glam that that you see the way it is and this was before the last chance use of the world came out it was an older documentary that gave that same feel so for folks that haven't seen it uh, make sure you go check it out but again that's a whole nother pod we still got to do the false hoop dreams pod Uh, so transitioning into today's topic before we spend all this time on on cocktail hour I want to talk about Miami spring break. Um, uh, Steven's favorite place. Like, um, I, I'm trying to, I should put that the, the Meek Mill trauma sound, but I'm going to call it the board. <laughs> um, so I, I'm sure you all have heard, or both of you have heard about uh, recent spring break news, which is all too common. I think at this point, I think we've heard it at least every year for the past, seems like at least five years yeah. where there's been several hundred arrests. I think this year there were, Multiple deaths. I don't know the exact number, but I know there was at least one shooting um, and quite a few guns that were confiscated. So, you know, how and why does this continue to happen? In Miami specifically or just in spring? Um, I think I, I want to say Miami specifically, if I'm being honest. Miami, yeah, because I don't and again, there's other places. I think a lot of the other destinations, some of them outside the country. So we might yeah. not hear much about Cancun or things like that because they're not in the States. But I think Miami specifically has had this negative reputation um, within the past decade, I would say. Yeah, I don't think it hits as much as with my like Mexico per se, because, again, it's technically outside the borders. You can only bring so much things that are, quote unquote, illegal there. Unless mm-hmm. you, no one's driving through Mexico to go there for spring break. you got to fly. Technically, you know, if you are in Georgia, Alabama, I would argue maybe like Nashville and South Carolina, but then that six-hour driving distance, you can drive to Miami, which means you could bring anything you want with you, right? And not like you're going through no traffic stop to check what you got going on for you. And then outside of that, there's an allure to it, especially for African-Americans, right? I think 
the week before we went, it was like all the HBCUs were doing like spring break in Miami or something. I remember because some of our friends left school early to go to spring break a week prior to go be with the folks from Howard and Hampton and uh, Norfolk State and all that stuff. So I think there's a obviously there's this uh, a lore attached to Miami, right? It's always been like that ever since we were kids. Like Miami by city, like. You know, you go outside, it's the music, it's the richness, but it's also like you can live a life that you don't have when you're in Miami. But I think in more recent years, people go down there to have fun, but they're also just looking for like attention or smoke mm. or something. Like they got to show everybody like, yo, I came down to Miami, but I'm like the top dog who came to Miami. And so we talked about it in the past, like these days, I can't tell you last time I've seen people fight. Like, <laughs> and I say that jokingly, of course, but. Mm. You know, when things pop off, it's like, I don't have time for this. You know, if I feel like I'm threatened, I feel like I've done seeing your strap, I've seen this, that, and the third, I'm going to pop off. And that's and that's really what it's been. Like, people, not, and that's like, that's people like, like looking for that energy on top of that being intoxicated, right? We know when folks are intoxicated, they're at like a heightened level for complete bullshit. Excuse my language. So you got dudes out here drinking Mike's favorite drink, Henny. Out I'm here, sure. done, done killed 10 shots of Henny. They outside. They done took off their shirt, right? They lost their shirt. They out mm-hmm. there. It's 80 degrees. They on the beach. They ha-ha, Kikima Shorty. See some random dude. Some random dude look at them. They said, fuck, you looking at, dude? They said, we know who we looking at. Boom, 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 boom. Blase, blase, bang. And shit just pops off. Like, people, if you ever see, like, college kids when their energy's at a different level and they're drunk, like, they're just looking for something, it's crazy. But I think more and more folks have access to legal or illegal drugs, I mean drugs, excuse me, like guns. And they're younger and younger and they're younger. Like the kids who are on spring break are what? 19, 20? Mm-hmm. But 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 this do is- you but do you think that a lot of these inc- incidents are caused by the college kids? that are going down for spring break so that 17 to 22 year olds or is a lot of it the non-college kids that also come to spring break i will well, argue it's, it's definitely the older crowd too it's the older <laughs> crowd too those are the ones you see driving down with the rented uh you know because because most, most 18 year olds can't rent cars so yeah, like <laughs> yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah but they can they can put down somebody else's name and write I mean, that's out, true you know yeah. what i'm saying i think that's yeah. really common like i've seen somebody talking about how they went those 20 and they went down to Miami and they had a mom like cop everything for them. And she was like around for like a day and then they went to go do their stuff. Like, you gotta remember, like, folks have mm. younger parents too. Like, they're 20 and their mom's 38 or their pops is 39, 40. Like, they have that closer relationship because of age mm. and they'll do that. Like, I can never imagine going on vacation in Miami. Like, hey, dad, can you rent a car <laughs> for us? Like, my dad's 60 plus. He's, he's gonna rent a car, he's gonna drive us around to museums. We're not going to the beach. Like, hey, what do you think? He's gonna take us to church on Sunday after we went out on Saturday. Like, this is it's just not happening. So, but uh, to your to your point, Corey, I think there's there's locals, obviously, but then the question becomes is this same level of energy happening outside of spring break when it's not spring break? And the answer is no, then it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it's the locals who don't like, because keep in mind, right? We talk, we keep talking about college kids. It's really not college kids who just go down there. Mike, to my point, it'd be a lot of older folks. People know when the spring break mm-hmm. is. 
like they talk about spring break at work. There's people who are taking off this week and next week to go do stuff with their kids or just take the week off. Like that spring break is just a thing where it's like, okay, yeah. end of March, early April, we got a week to go do something. It's like summer vacation at this point. It's another summer vacation. Exactly. So the folks are just down there and they're, unfortunately, they're just ready for smoke. Everybody's brave. Everybody's a shooter. Quick draw McGraw. That's what I call them. So. Yeah, I would add that. Miami also like just has a reputation for being a wild place, and so, especially if you have money. Um, it's known for where the scammers go, where the wealthy go. <laughs> like you know, mm-hmm. it's just known for being that type of um that type of city, that type of environment. Um, just a place that you can go and have like this really intense type of fun. Um, so we had to put that on top of spring break, on top of college student stress from whatever the classes they got going on in life, and everybody's congregating one place and like been drinking all day. There's a lot going on, but I would argue that, you know, there's a lot of people that come to spring break. I don't know if the majority is even college students more than half the time. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of people, like Steven said, do look forward to it. Um, when, when it gets wild, people start dying, shooting, fighting. There's too much liquor and drugs going on. There's too many people in crowds, people too hot. Like, I always tell them people get too hot, you know, they get too antsy, decisions start becoming hectic and erratic. Um, it's just too much, and you know, I just want to I want to quote the boondocks where, you know, not to disparage our good black people, but, you know, I got to there's a lot of nigga moments that happen at the time. Like, you know, you just brush them against yeah. somebody like, you know, but it's not even just like people fighting with each other. It's also like you see dudes or people just skipping down meals, getting chased down by restaurant staff, just acting wild, just like trying to flirt too much, being extra, just screaming at each other from cars, you know, and twerking down the street. Like, it's just so much that is happening at the same time at the time. And if you're there, you're like. Damn, this is a lot. But there's so many people there that things happen, and then it's like you don't really treat them as much or anything. Cause you can really see a yeah. fight break. I'd be like, damn, that's crazy. Keep walking to the next. Keep restaurant. walking. You know, Keep walking. Like right. you know, like the streets are packed. Like people, the clubs are packed. Like everything is packed. Like people are outside. They're spending money. They're they're trying to have fun. They're trying to get as lit as possible. And you know, on one hand, it's a good thing for Miami. You know, <laughs> local business and tourism. Um, but on, on the other hand, it can invite a lot of sticky situations. So. It's just too many things happening at the same time. Um, it's like a it's like a bad recipe for like you know a bomb or something like that that just goes off each year. But also think that there's been a lot of pushback in recent years from local Miami community who's getting tired of the rambunctiousness yeah. becoming too extreme. Um, and I think that when we were there, we saw when we were there a few years ago, we did see the, like increased police presence. We did see like you know a lot of things starting to close a little bit earlier. Um, a lot of people being more vocal about what's going on down there. So. I don't know. At the same time as Miami, I I can be I go to Miami right now and expect the same type of things to happen. Like you know, because it's just That's Miami. Right. It's, you know, it's just that type of reputation that it has. Mm, good points. Good points. And so I think so. Mike just mentioned you know we were able to go to to Miami and and see what spring break was like. But I can't. So having done that, I can't ever say just cut off spring break. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's feasible. But my my question for you all is: Is there a way? For college kids in particular, I'm not going to deal with the locals. I'm not going to deal with the older crowd that comes down. But is there a way for college kids to gather in a particular place for spring break? Because I think, again, spring break is good. I don't want to just go on spring break with the folks I see all year, right? Going to spring break is good because you get to be around people your age from other colleges. It should be safe. Is there a way for these kids to go and have fun without these negative consequences? Or when you put young kids, egos emotions peer pressure alcohol in one spot are there always going to be negative consequences yeah 
Negative? I don't know. I mean, negative. I mean, nah. I mean <laughs> the thing, but the things you see in like just as compared in point, comparative point, but just things you see in Miami are really wild. Things are a little too explicit to say on the podcast, but they can get really wild down there. Uh, if you put college students anywhere, I don't know if it's the same effect is going to happen. Again, y'all, y'all, y'all travel different places for spring break and stuff like that. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it gets too wild in other places and cities and stuff like that. I don't think it's always going to be that negative, but it is going to be like, college students trying to live out the most of that one week because next week they're back to midterms and classes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yep. if your version of negative is screaming and partying, you know, a whole bunch of extracurricular activities and stuff like, like that going on. Now, Mike, you know I'm not talking about no screaming and yelling. When I'm talking when negative, we're talking about these. So arrests, deaths, those type of negative consequences. I think the other things aren't. Arrest? I wouldn't count those as negative. Okay, okay. Arrest, yes. You, that's just going to happen. Death, I think death is, I think that's a red line that's extreme. It's okay. a point for college students, but I think arrest for, yeah. This I agree, Mike. Rowdy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, it's, I'm telling you, they like you, you're young, you just want to do risky shit. That's like, I guess, just dumb, dumb shit. Like, yeah, yeah, like, and that's why there's a lore in Miami. Like, you don't really hear about spring break in Vegas being some wild shit, right? Because it'd be much older grown Who folks. Who wants to go to spring break in the desert? <laughs> just be honest. Like, I think spring break is always attached to you being a warm place on the beach. And mm-hmm. we... We all know this, but me and Mike know this for a fact. When you have a lot of friends who don't have passports, your options are limited to places to go. That feels like it's actually spring break. So that is Miami. And where else? <laughs> I, see, I was honest. trying to think of another place where the beaches and the clubs. And like Miami has that unique combination of everything. In their I city. think prior to us, it used to be like the Virginia beaches and Myrtle beaches. Yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. what's happened in Miami is what happened there probably a decade prior. And they shut all that shit down. They all just ended up moving to Miami. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I heard like even like Ooh. earlier, Panama Beach. Right. We're gonna say, but it used to, but it used to be Freaknik in the middle of the city. They need, you know, they need no water for Freaknik. Yeah. Well, you know, well, different though too. I think I feel like we can talk about social media too, because on mm-hmm. social media is where you see a lot of Miami fights and nonsense happening, and that's getting spread around a lot more, mm-hmm. putting a pending a more negative, you know, for the, so I know we talk about college students, but that's where the community and the local pushback and police pushback comes from. Because you're seeing like, damn, look at these kids just fighting on the beaches, throwing, you know, destroying things in restaurants, running away, stuff like that. I do think that has has changed, like, because now everyone's image and perception is tangible. It's mm-hmm. digital. It's like, you know, something to keep track of. So if the only thing I'm seeing from Miami Beach is, you know, kids acting crazy on spring break, you're gonna, I'm going to sit here, if I'm just like some random local Joe or whatever, I'm like, damn, my city's getting crazy. I hate spring break. Like, you know, and that's not to, simple, not to be over simple, but that's how people that's think. That's just... You know, I'm tired of these mm-hmm. damn kids coming down here, you know, making a mess of everything, destroying the beach or whatever. Yeah, but on, on the flip side of that is, like, you at Virginia Beach or you went to Houston or you went wherever for spring break, and then you see everybody else is in Miami, and their time looks lit. You're like, oh, nah, we're going to Miami next year. Y'all yeah. see where they at? I mean, it's the same thing, because I'm pretty sure that's how we ended up in Miami. If I'm not mistaken, we saw everybody in Miami the year prior. We was like, oh, we bugging. Why are we not in Miami? And then we went to Miami, <laughs> and I haven't been back since. Fuck Miami, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's still you know when you can see how other people are living, you're just gonna go try it. I think Miami has just become the place of like, you know, especially if you're in college, you just want to go to Miami for spring break once. Mm-hmm. But again, because it's like still in the U.S. and they they I don't know, I'm not gonna talk about Miami in that regard, but depending on where you are, you have to be 21 to do things. 
So most people end up going junior or senior year because that's when they're old enough to really experience Miami because no one wants to be down there with a fate that gets confiscated or walking around Miami, you can't get into places. So it ends up being like the go-to pot. And you would think junior and seniors be more mature, but really they just – they're trying to have their one last hurrah moment before they go on and work their nine to five for life, allegedly. So, I don't know. You won't mm. be seeing me there, though. They can enjoy their spring break. They can have fun over there. Okay, okay. Um, and so, a couple more questions. But can colleges themselves play a better role in helping prevent? I say these events, but I think it's more so, I think, as Mike mentioned, the line in the sand when it comes to the death and the violence of spring break. And I know, you know, most schools say, hey, you're still representing the school when you go on spring break or da 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 da. But I don't think and I think they probably tried to do it better where certain schools have different weeks. Right. Everybody's not the same week of spring break and things like that. But can colleges do more? And, you know, whether it's shortening spring break week or whatever the case is and giving, you know, two different breaks as opposed to one week. What are what are your thoughts there? Man. Two different half week breaks will be so nasty. <laughs> They'll be worth this. College students, they, I don't know if you know this. College students, they will miss days beginning of their break to make sure they link with their friends from other school. They're going to miss time regardless. Mm-hmm. They'll figure out a way to miss time. I think. Um, go ahead, Mike. One point. Uh, I'll, I'll just say quickly. Uh, I think the only thing that they can really do is just facilitate more information resources, how to prepare themselves, how to avoid situations like that, you know, keep themselves safe and, you know, have fun as responsibly, quote, unquote, that you can. Um, but outside of that, you know, honestly, I think a part of the universities they'd probably be happy that the kids go away and not do that stuff. Listen. So they don't have to, so they don't, they don't have to respond to it. Their police forces don't have to respond to it. You know, you know, it's not more stress or more damage to their campuses too. Like you want to go to Miami? Sure. Fly away from, from Virginia and Wyoming and Washington state. Like, you know, do what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I just think that like, there's not much more they can do because it's not their jurisdiction. Sure, we can say, I agree with you too, Corey. I, I, like, you know, they're going to say, like, you know, you represent the school, you're here, but these are young adults at the same time. So there's not much they can really do to change anything. Mm-hmm. And spring break is such a, like a cultural, like higher ed thing. And I mean, you take it away, even the professor's going to get mad, like, you know, type of thing. Like, you know, everyone loves that, that one week off in the middle of the semester. So that, their options are limited. The best you can do is pray you got good students and good, they have good character and have sense, like, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll echo most of what Mike says. I think, to be honest, the university can do more, but unless they're really willing to take that responsibility of, hey, we're going to do spring some spring break or spring weekend activities here, and we know kids are going to get drunk and rambunctious, and you kind of just localize your own trouble, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. literally the best that you can do, right? But outside of that, it's like, why? I'm not obligated to stay here. I'm going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, you kind of had their own things where, you know, it wasn't spring break, but there's spring weekend when I believe Jasper from Bloomfield died, he was a football player on the UConn team. So recipes to him, mm-hmm. you know, they rechanged their whole spring week into like, you know, you got to sign in to come to the dorms. If you're on campus, you don't got your ID, you need to leave, like all that stuff. Because again, there's outsiders coming to the campus trying to enjoy the festivities of a campus lifestyle. So I think, and I don't, know this to be true for every university but i know it for uconn and i know it for at least a few other schools in the northeast that like spring weekend is cute you know there's some food trucks and some stuff done but there's nothing really like fun that is spring breakish to do mm-hmm. and not and it doesn't happen at the same time of course but i'm saying like the the universities show their capabilities during mm-hmm. spring weekend and if you don't feel like you can have a good time or wild out the way you want to or live free then you're just not going to do it because you're not obligated to do it so 
Uh, that's what they can do. Again, that is a lot of financial resources you have to commit. We've already seen universities are unwilling to do that. We've seen universities who have, you know, presidents who make more than the U.S. president, six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Don't know what they need that money for, but that's none of my business, I guess. But I don't know. I don't think universities are going to. Would you rather take the responsibilities of the students that are yours or, or send them off to Miami and let Miami deal with that? They're they're going to do the latter ten times out of ten every day of the week and then twice on Sunday, so mm. charge that to the game. But Miami said again, if I'm not mistaken, the Miami Beach, which I believe is its own separate entity in Miami, mm-hmm. the mayor has said, "Hey, we don't want y'all. Like they we don't said, we don't we don't ask for this. We don't want y'all here." They said they that five said years that, ago. They can say that as much as they want, but they going they want the money. I'm about to say they, they, they want, want the money. Come on, the, now. like don't act stupid. At, let them lose spring break for two or three years, and Mitch is going to start crying. You, you don't see Panama City as popping as Miami Beach then, because they're going to see the mayor. What's happening to our small local businesses <laughs> in Miami? <laughs> you ran off of tourism since God knows when. You ran beach. off the like, tourism. It's true though. It's just you're like, come on. How much money yeah. Miami? Probably, I wish someone released that those stats. How much money Miami makes in that those that in the month of March? Honestly, all the weeks combined from all the spring breaks, like you know, and what does it compare to the rest of the year? Because yeah. that has to be different, bro. It just has to be. Do people go to Miami Beach in December? I've never heard of that. <laughs> I mean, I don't hear people. I don't hear people talking I'm, about. Miami I'm sure people people that are people that are retired. I mean, like yeah, but like if yeah. you don't live there in Miami, I never hear about somebody going to Miami outside of when it's warm months in the states they live in, which always didn't make sense to me because you're like, I need to go somewhere warm. I'm like, but your state was 70 degrees and then you ran to Miami. Yeah. So sure. Miami not shutting down spring break. That answers my ne- my next question. But um, no, that's a, a lot of lip service. Lip so, service. If so let's say hypothetically, if Miami did say we're gonna ground planes, y'all not coming in, we don't want y'all here. Where where do we think folks are going? What's what's the next spot? I think you know, if we look at history, Steven said we had Myrtle Beach, we had Virginia Beach, you know, Freak Nick was in Atlanta. We had so what what's what's next? Cancun was somewhat a spot, Punta Cana. What's, don't what's the, next? Jersey Shore. <laughs> but they, might, they might hit the Jersey Shore. I, I don't. I don't want to say they don't hit the same internationally, but it's just much. It's much different. Again, you're talking about kids who don't even. Yo, Court, we had dudes who were took two years to get a, uh, a passport. Like these don't be having passports, Court. So it's like anything outside the country is like. Of course, it could be a spot. Cancun's a spot. I think Punta Cana is a spot. But again. If you're not actually thinking about spring break well ahead of the time, or you've been getting passports since you were a kid, you're just not going to think about it, right? But I thought passports were a requirement in our generation. That's what I'd be hearing. That's what I'd be hearing in the streets. They they say that, but they didn't met with no passports. I'm watching it with both my eyes. I'm I'm just saying that's what they say. That's what they say. Men lie, women lie, numbers (laughs) don't, Corey. Remember that. (laughs) That is always the same. So, yeah. So if you have to go inland, right? I mean, you have to go within the continent of the United States. It's going to have to be a coastal city, right? Because everybody wants beaches, really. That's really what people want for spring break. I don't think they care about the they care about the parties and stuff like that, but they want the beaches and stuff. So where does that leave? Cali? They can't afford Cali. And that just goes to my point earlier. Like, I think Miami is just one of the one of the few American cities that has all of it, has everything. All of it, and it's cheaper. It's cheaper than Cali. Because I think yeah. if... Oh yeah, cheap, it's cheaper outside the country too, which is a big financial point too. If if California was cheaper, I'm sure, and Cali had their own spring break going on because they already have a bunch of people. But if Cali yeah. was cheaper than it is now, yeah, people they would have been flocked over there. 
I well, you know, you, you look at us fresh from the East Coast, you look at a flight to Cali, and then you start looking at things to do and places to go. You'd be sitting there like, yo, I'm a college kid. I'm already racking up a G plus just to get there. Yeah. What I'm going to do when I get there because ain't shit free. Miami, you could literally be on the beach for free. Yeah. You leave at the Airbnb, be on the beach every day. It's going to be fun. Every day. You don't got to pay for no music. Set. All yeah. you got to do is pick up some food on the side some while you're drinks. on the strip, some yeah. drinks. You bring your own drinks, put it in a cooler. Like, you could do whatever. California? No. You're breathing. You just paid five dollars, and that and that air was polluted. Crazy. Mm. Miami Beach, y'all got it. Um, so for folks, it's well, it's April now, so I, I think spring break is officially over. But is you know, it? I don't think so. For, I think it's probably actually. I'll be. I'll might be surprised. When I was in California or not California. I was in Cancun. Homeboy, he had like a. He was weird. He had like. Every school spring break, and it's over like a four week period between like the second or third week of March all the way to like April. Because yeah, I remember some schools have like the quarter system and the, and trimester, the trimester. system. Okay. Yeah, so it just it'd be finicky sometimes, but it's, it's approaching the end. I think after well, we got March Madness coming out, I think the week after March Madness, that's like the bare minimum because there's only supposed to be like a month left from finals, depending on when the school ends. So, well, if you are still out here celebrating spring break, please be safe, um, have fun. But, you know, always be on your P's and Q's. And so wrapping that up, appreciate y'all. Let's move on to table talk. Um, So I'm sure you all have heard uh, Jonathan Majors has been in the spotlight recently. Um, This time it's, you know, unfortunately negative, uh, which is in contrast to the incredible year he's having when it comes to his career. Um, from Ant-Man to Creed to, I believe, some military uh, advertising uh, deals. I know he was in some Army commercials and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But given, you know, the news that has come out, do we feel that, you know, his career is taking a big hit? You know, is this something where, you know, he was sort of on the rise in his career and this is something that's going to halt it? What are, what are our thoughts there? It was definitely it, well. It, it's already halted it to so because a lot of his a lot about being a, a actor and, and a public entertainer is your public your reputation your perception of who you are, and uh, if other studios and stuff are going to put you in a project, it's definitely halted it. Is his career like over? I think that largely depends on the outcome of the case that's going on with the police and the trial and you know a lot of back and forth statements from lawyers and a lot going on in the media. It's very messy. Um, what that outcome is going to look like if he's you know, quote unquote, legally exonerated, legally culpable, guilty, whatever the outcome may be, that's gonna, I think that's gonna have a large factor into it. Um, because if he's like legally, you know, exonerated and stuff like that, then I think a lot of, a lot of these production studios, you know, whoever is doing commercials, they're like, all right, legally you're fine. They'll probably give us some time, then they'll work on him after a year, you know, similar to what, um, not similar. It's not the same situation, but I'm I'm doing like a very loose comparison. But what Will Smith let went through last year with the Oscars, the Oscar slap, and then he went off the map for like months on end. Came back through Instagram, then he got a movie with Apple Plus TV, um, and things down there. He tried to like rebuild himself back into the kind of social life, the the media life, the production life, the TV movie life. Uh, I think there will be something similar to that type of situation if he's like legally exonerated. Uh, if he's legally culpable, very tough. Um, at that in that situation, I think that is is going to be hard for him to like reclaim these very major roles, somewhat like you know, co lead and creed or no one mm-hmm. supporter at least, or like you know, or 
definitely a lead figure in a massive billion dollar franchise like Marvel. Those roles are going to be very hard for him to come by. He might do, I mean, it's a lot of streaming services, a lot of production studios out here. So who knows? He might end up on, I ain't going to disrespect him, say Tubi or nothing like that, but. You know, star. He might be on BMF or something like that. Like you know, you just you might Mike say he about to be on Tubi. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it goes that far, but like that was just a joke. But <laughs> you know, he started. He started off. You know, he he became notable for me for me through Lovecraft Country on HBO. I so agree. He was been he was been in major production studios, but I just think I don't know if he'll get the big big roles if he's found legally culpable with the charges that are that are against him right now. Yeah, mm. I mean, things are still coming out. On a day-to-day basis, I don't yeah, know what his lawyers doing, but very messy, very messy, very messy situation. Uh, I think the way things have been playing out, I'm inclined to say no, only because like it came out and the cleanup started immediately. Like my God, they they did. I don't know who was on a PR team. I don't know who Disney called. Not to say Disney called anybody, but it, the cleanup started fast and quick. And I did. I just didn't know what to make of it. I think there was conflicting information. He did do it. Oh no, she was self harm. It was a third. So I don't even want to speak on anything that's not facts or related to that situation. But I think if it takes a hit, I think it will be minor because if I think it was anything like really major at this point. And we'll again, we're gonna see what happens when it plays out. But I think Disney would have been pulled it. But Disney's Disney, and I don't. I think the way they're kind of. Not stuck with him, but they already integrated him into the storyline. I think it's very hard for them to replace. I don't know if Disney's willing to do that. Uh, my sister was talking about, um, I don't know if y'all seen it, the Harry Potter movies that exist prior to Harry Potter's existing, but they're newer movies that came mm-hmm. out last two or three years called Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts. And when Johnny Depp had his allegations and things going mm-hmm. on, he got pulled and replaced in, one, I think, the third movie. He was in the second movie. They replaced mm-hmm. him in the third movie. Like, something like that could he, happen. He lost the, um, they were doing, they were going to do another Pirates of the Caribbean, too. And I think he lost that, too. He lost that, too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I think it's possible. But, again, I don't, as great as HBO and Warner Brother is, they're not Disney. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, maybe you still do low-cast country. They might have booted him off or ran him off there, but Disney, oh, that show got canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Disney operates on its own like playing field. I think we didn't talk about it in cocktail hour, but I think Disney just like be has some claws inside of their contract with like their land and their advertising Mickey, where they usurp the state of Florida and what they want to do with their stuff. So it's like Disney just just runs its own government at this point. Like they do whatever. So. I think we'll see. We got to play it by ear, but I don't think much is much is going to change unless something drastic happens or the, or the or the the Laura keeps leaking information that no one asks for. So, yeah, I don't know how big the hit will be to his career, but I think this moment will always create what ifs. Yeah, I think regardless of the outcome, I think that's the one thing that will happen with his career. It'll never be a Jonathan Majors is, and then let that word be the period to the sentence it'll always be the comma and say but if that didn't happen and you know fill in the blank there and I think that's unfortunate because I think even that puts an asterisk next to everything hey you won you know this award but if that didn't happen you could have won this and I think you know that's tough especially when you were right there, right? Whenever mm-hmm. you're so close to the top, I think, you know, Mike mentioned Will Smith. And obviously, again, not a direct comparison, but I think even Will Smith has already had his own peak. And yes, he still is going along in his career, 
but Jonathan Majors hadn't got to his mountaintop yet. I don't I don't at least think. I think he was still new in the game. He was making a, a big run, but I don't think he got to the top of his craft. And I think this unfortunately happened before he was able to get there. So it'll always leave that question. And so, you know, to Steven's point, he is a face of a huge franchise. Uh, and so I, I think they'll do what they can, assuming, again, that he's, you know, not found culpable in this situation to make sure that they're able to continue on in that road. But having that question sometimes is just as bad as is losing something because you'll always wonder, you know, what if that didn't happen? So we will mm-hmm. see um, against news, the news uh, headlines with this situation change every seems like 30 minutes. So right. I do not know what is truly going on. So, you know, all we can do is try to stay informed uh, and see what happens there. But again, thank you all for that table talk. And then before we slide in everybody's favorite segment, let me quickly shout out um, this business for plug a plug. I was able to go show them some love yesterday. Baltimore has a bunch of black owned businesses and restaurants. This was sort of a local neighborhood bar uh, called Naughty Pine, K-N-O-T-T-Y Pine. Follow them on Instagram at Naughty Pine underscore be more. Again, Naughty Pine underscore be more. If you ever just need a chill spot to go watch a game, grab a drink, grab some wings, something like that. Uh, so it's a real chill spot. Um, if you're in the Baltimore DMV area. So again, plug a plug, Naughty Pine, Naughty Pine underscore be more on Instagram. Make sure y'all go check them out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get it popping. Pass the ox. Who is running the show today? Um, I could go first. Yeah, I will go first. So I really just like the mix of artists on this track. I thought it was dope. Um, and the song was good as well. The song is called Curious by Eric Bellinger and Corday, also featuring Fabulous. I love when the feeling feel like it's hosting. You know all my exes to tell you I would have ghosted. It's so sick. I'm one of those kids. Show me love. Eric Bellinger, Corday, fabulous. Song is called Curious. Yo, I heard the the little sample with a lady with D'Angelo. I was seeing for like a whole five seconds. I'm like, yo, this is a. I know this melody. <laughs> Look, the sample's been hitting lately. I feel like um I feel like that's one of the things in my past couple songs has just been the sample. I did yeah. what the Nina Simone, yeah, there's been a with, couple with, of with Kamari, yep. yep. Yeah. So they they've been hitting, they've been hitting. Um I'll go next. Um since I was I'm on like a similar wavelength, low key. Uh this song is called Still Alone, Sped Up. So I think this is the sped up version of the original song by a dude named Rich. It's part of like a two-pack called Sped Up. Uh, so here it is. Don't need no it wastes my time.
sure you go check them out i haven't listened to a lot of his music but i like that song a lot so dropped pretty recently yeah fuck with that um last but not least uh, i got a song by the special talent mop tommy uh so this song is titled bad hands featuring the god fahim nah my nigga don't call me that we be trying to rock you to sleep yo 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 i'm gonna show you how to do this king. it's easy you a king like me Try to keep you under. Try to fuck over crap. Try to fuck over crap. Crabs in a barrel. That ain't nothing but stage fright. Another great white for orcas late night. Tastes nice. Hey, you need some hollandaise, boy. Your wave's right. I kept the meanest pound of haze for the same price. That's when I play nice nowadays. I get my cake ice. Bet my air like cavalcade. Erase your name and make my name strike. Adoration in niggas' hearts, singles and bitches, pussy mistaken for art. Can none of you skittish niggas take it apart? We doing donuts with somebody A6. Don't none of this shit belong in pay six. We some handsome motherfuckers slipped out the on jumpsuit, put on some onksuits in front of you. You niggas ain't shit. You my favorite. Go find you someone to play with. Okay then, I lay vagina monologues on the day bed. And they spread on Chris your day job. You gotta stay fat. No pun intended, niggas ain't y'all. We got the latex. Maybe we can put you under the wing. 
Show you a life with all the wonderful things. What can we do to make you comfortable, King? Anything. I'll take your crown and leave you up in revenge. Maybe we can put you under the wing. Show you a life with all the wonderful things. What can we do to make you comfortable, King? Anything. I take a crown and leave you up the ravine. My star spankled grammar, my round trace bananas. I cop the off-white Jordans, I flex them for the camera. Life's about choices and the lives the best of planters. I know sometimes they hear us, but do they really understand us? Raps on steroids, no way I could be natty. They know about my greatness from Japan to Cincinnati. I'm putting up new morales when my throw me the alley. What does it take to smile in this world full of ratties? Ratchets, they blasting streets, ninja assassin niggas. It's trigger wrestling, it's depressing with magnums. Like you like for wrestlers, return to essence. I've been investing. Bad hands with a mock coffee. Mock Hami featuring the god uh, Fahim. Right, 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 right. Uh, I would like to quickly say that Iowa was getting clapped, but now they're only down by nine. Um, I think LSU is going to win still. But Caitlin Clark spent a lot of the game in foul trouble. She has three fouls halfway through the third. 19 points, six assists, one rebound. Um, and Jasmine Carson, guard off the bench, is seven of seven from the field and five of five from three and has 21 points. So by the time I hear this, LSU will probably have won. If they didn't, guess what? I didn't pick either one of these teams, nor did I place any bets. So I'm just rooting for everybody black. Shout out to Andrew Reese. Here we go. Yes, sir. And that has been episode 117. After dinner conversations, make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend on Instagram at AD Combos. And until next week, peace.